We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour podcast featuring Dave Cariello, Andrew Juge, Ralph Malbro, and when he decides to show up, Kevin Held. We are the perfect blend of Saints sincerity and stupidity. I want to point out that you asked Kevin a football question just now, and I feel like I was in Bizarro World where he, he knew the schedule. He had knowledge of the next two opponents. Kevin, he, did you watch the game? And now, here's your host, Ralph Malbrook. All right, everybody, welcome to Saints Happy Hour Podcast. Well... I don't know quite where to begin uh, tonight's show. I'll tell you because where to begin. The Saints are six and one, baby. Well, I mean, I feel like they're six and one, and they're and, and they're and they're sowing their oats because whenever the Saints are doing things that media and other fan bases find offensive and classless, I know that we're getting close to peak Saints. Hashtag We Make the Rules, pal. And they were making fun of Tariq Cohen being a midget, which is just so saintsy. Uh, it was just fantastic. Um, but Andrew, I'm going to start with you. Um, they're fucking. They went five and zero with Teddy Bridgewater. It's probably his last start because Drew Brees is a lunatic and he's going to play against Arizona. Um, where? I don't know. I don't know that I agree with that. But anyway, continue. Let's say that Reese, Reed is his last start. On the I can't believe that shit just happened. Regular season <laughs> moments. Where does Teddy Bridgewater go in five and zero rank? Remember when we were begging for three and three? <laughs> we, we, I mean, you could probably pull the audio where we were just talking about this. And look, if he can just. You know, tread water. Go three and three during the six six game stretch. Just find a way to go five hundred. Maybe the division will be bad enough that Sean Payton will have Drew Brees back, and, and we can kind of get on a run there at the end with Brees back and and right the ship and win the division. But you know, the the opportunity to have a bye is gone. We're just gonna have to win the division and play in the division. You know, in the wild card round and the 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 opportunity to have home field advantage is gone. And here we are, five and zero. I mean, I, I love that, like, when, I, when I'm listening to uh, national media, mainstream media, whatever you want to call it, but I'm, I'm so happy that people are talking about us in the same sentence as the Niners and the Packers, as 
those are your probably your top three teams in the NFC. And it's so crazy that we are in this position, considering where we thought we were going to be at the second uh, Aaron Donald high five jerseys in week two. <laughs> Well, um, and by the way, I, I wanted to let, I mean, let's just talk about the Drew Brees thing for a second. I, 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 I see no reason for Drew to come back next week. Um, I feel like you gain very little by rushing it. You know, just sit out one more week. Teddy's got things under control. Sit out one more week. Disrespecting take the bye, take three, the three Arizona Cardinals. That's what that is. Uh, <laughs> and just come back after the bye and, and make sure you're healthy. I, that's my personal opinion. I, I do not want Drew Brees. I can't believe I'm saying this. I don't want Drew, <laughs> I don't want Drew Brees to play next week. What? I, 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 I want fucking Teddy Brees to play. I think I that's like how I'm all Saints fans feel. I think there are very few Saints fans that, even the ones that hate Teddy, you know, I think even if you hate Teddy and you're convinced that he's awful, that he should never play again after Brees comes back. And there are, I feel like there's still some fans out there that feel that way. I think they're at least being level-headed about the fact that, hey, there's a buy on the other side of this Cardinals game. Bridgewater can win this game. He's at home against the Cardinals. Bridgewater can find a way to win this one. And, yeah, that's not to slight the Cardinals who have been on a little run here recently, but – I don't think anyone wants Drew to rush this back and maybe cost themselves some time when the Saints can just get through this game. It's You hope to win. It's kind of okay if you lose. And then you've got a bye week. That gives him three more weeks to recover. So I, I, I think most people want Breeze to sit. Well, here, Kenneth asked an important question. I just want to know if I can play the background music while Andrew – uh, inducts Sean Payton, Bridgewater, and Gardner Johnson into the ring of into the ring of honor at halftime this week. Because Andrew, you said if the Saints got to fourteen, they should put Sean Payton well, in the ring well, of I honor. Well, I said two off. I said two offensive touchdowns. Um, but dude, they missed two field goals, and there was just a bogus flag that called back a punt. Well, we're talking about how the Saints hung fifty on the Bears in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, and Teddy, Ted Ginn dropped a touchdown. I mean, if you'd have told me that Ted Ginn was going to drop a touchdown, the Bears were going to run back a kickoff for a touchdown, and the Saints would miss two field goals in the first half, I'd have been like, <laughs> they are fucked in Chicago. <laughs> they are they're going to be good and fucked, and they're going to lose this game like 20-6, to six, and we are going to be hella mad come Monday night. And Dave, all, right, all of it happened, and I, it didn't no, matter wait, at all. On. What, if I, what if I told you the Bears ran seven times for 11 yards, though? <laughs> right. Seth Galina, friend of the program, he did a breakdown of Trubisky doing an RPO and just doing it so badly, and he just – it's comedy, and Twitter liked it so much, they put it in their, like, featured thing, and he, like – it's got, like, 3,000 likes or whatever. It's fantastic. Trubisky – is a garbage truck. And oh, I can't believe people on ESPN are saying, over. well, Teddy Bridgewater, I wouldn't give him a long-term deal because he doesn't make anybody better. I'm like, the Bears would kill for Trubisky to be as good as Bridgewater. I mean, Ryan Pace is low-key terrible at his job. but <laughs> The Bears traded up to get Trubisky. They traded the up to me. It's like Deshaun Watson, nah. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, Patrick nah. Mahomes. No. No, want them. <laughs> We want the guy. We want Mitchell Trubisky, the guy who started four games at North Carolina. Yeah, and it's and it's not like he was good in college. No, he's fucking terrible. 
And that's why I the, the, but but the Irish pamphleteer they, quarterback they rushed guy, him back. They, they should have char- they should have started Chase Daniel. They re- I mean you could tell he couldn't lift his left arm all the way up with that harness. And <laughs> when when you're dropping back to throw, I mean you still have to lift that left shoulder. Like you could just tell it was affecting his accuracy. Chase Daniel, he's a legend at the bank, but no team ever trusts him to do anything. Uh, <laughs> it's true. So, Dave, uh, Mark Ingram, we all know, longtime listeners of the show, that Mark Ingram was your boo. Mark who? Mark Ingram. <laughs> who? So, do I you have know. a new? Is Latavius Murray your, your new boo now? Is it official? Who? Are y'all dating? Who is this Mark have, Ingram have, you're, have, you're talking about? Have you ever heard of Little Jordan Humphrey either? <laughs> hey, he got in there a little bit. I saw him doing somebody. Somebody added me on Twitter, uh, at me on Twitter, and uh, showed me his uh, blocking on Khalil Mack. <laughs> it was, it was, Khalil it, Mack was he at the game yesterday? I didn't. I don't recall seeing him except well, for those I, commercials. I, I, Lil, 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 Lil Jordan was very fortunate not to get slugged for a hold on that play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally. Um, no, uh, yeah, no, Latavius. Uh, you know, Latavius and and I, uh, we've we've started seeing each other on the side a little bit, and uh, things have gotten kind of serious. Uh, I like him. I think he likes me. And uh, we're just we're taking it slow. We're just we're, we're gonna see where it goes. You know, we don't want to rush things. We don't want to put a mark. We don't want to put a label on it. Yeah, yeah. Well. Look, I called it. We, we, I think we already talked about this on the post-game show, but I have been t- talking for weeks about how uh, I think Latavius Murray should have been given more of a chance and that he should have been used like Mark Ingram was getting used with Kamara. They could, they could definitely have a one-two punch with these two. And uh, hopefully now, after this game, uh, it's somebody, Peyton, Carmichael, whoever, somebody has seen the light and uh, we can get back to business. Well, Andrew, let's be light. fair. Ralph, the Saint, yeah, the Saint... Ralph, Ralph, do you still have that sound clip of uh, Happy Gilmore where he says, I was wrong, you were Well, right. no, I was going to play this. This is, this is what you thought of uh, Latavius Murray. That is the worst idea I've ever heard in my life, Tom. Yes. Yes, it's horrible, this idea. We actually did a show. Uh, I was wrong. You were right. Yeah. <laughs> But Davis Murray, he's I'm good, not, man. I mean, he's. I'm not very good looking. You're very attractive. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, are you ready to officially declare that you were completely wrong about Latavius Murray? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think so. I, I think so. I mean, if it's just this one game and then it's back to what we've had all season. So, I mean, there, then, then, then there's the argument, like, is Sean Payton just not using him enough? Yes, yes, Or, or <laughs> it, does, he, does he go back to sucking? Like, it, it, So, you know, there's two ways to evaluate that. He never, I, he, he never sucked. He just was never used enough. Mm, yeah, I mean, it's fair. That's fair there's because he had the big, he had the big play against the Texans. He did. Yeah. At some point, though, if he's not playing, you have to start to ask yourself – why is he not playing? Does he not know the playbook? Does she, why does Sean Payton not trust him? I mean, it could be as simple as they just think it's it's Kamara's time. Um, but I've never seen this out of Sean Payton. I've never seen him 
just really go with one back and say, hey, this, this is my guy, and I'm not really using anyone else. But that's the way it's been all season. And then yeah. in 15 years, that's the first time Sean Payton has really just doubled down on one guy. Um, well, what was he going to do, give the ball to Dwayne Washington? I mean, come on. Who else was going to get carries yesterday? Yeah, well, no, I, I hear you, but on some level, I'm a little surprised that Murray looked this good because it's like, I like Dave said, it's like, why would Sean Payton hold out on this guy and not play him, especially when the offense has been so predictable going only through two players? It's not and, surprising because it's the same thing that he did with, with Reggie Bush and Pierre Thomas. We have, we've seen this fucking movie before. And by the way, shout out to Brian Pavick for coming up with Ladavius Murray. I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, but anyway, this is this is typical this is uh this 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 is we've seen this from Peyton. He's 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 been slow to come around to either the running game in general or uh, or certain running backs. Yeah, I mean that's fair. I I mean, well, the thing is, though, like, C.J. Spiller's knee was falling off. Um, so it's, you know, it's that that was part of it. Um, but, but Andrew, part of it, too, was just the Saints offensive line just kicked the shit out of the Bears, especially in the second half. Now, I know part of it was the Bears offense sucked so bad they didn't have the ball and their defense eventually wore down. But the Saints were whipping them from the get-go and I felt early like Dave said they weren't I wish they would have run Latavius Murray more and they were running Latavius Murray on those sweeps which I don't like I just like get him the ball and get him moving forward whenever they try to go around the side with him it doesn't seem to work as well um so anyway what did you what did you think of the offensive line play uh I I thought it was awesome I mean pure and simple you know yeah, yeah. Apparently we're having apparently we're having some audio issues in the chat, not on the recording. But go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I thought the offensive line was incredible. I mean, you you, you mentioned Khalil Mack and how much he was struggling in that game to make an impact, especially uh, in the passing game. I thought Bridgewater he only took one sack, but I thought Bridgewater did an excellent job getting the ball out quickly. He wasn't as accurate maybe as some games, um, but he was taking some shots down the field um, and. I thought he was getting the ball quickly, and especially the tackle play. Uh, I thought the pass blocking by Teron Armstead and Ryan Ramchek in particular, uh, both were just awesome. I thought there were a few plays where he was holding on to it a little bit too long. I don't know if I agree totally with that. He only took one sack. No, I know. I understand that, but I feel like there were a lot of plays where he, I don't know. Just, there were a couple scrambles where he was kind of tackled forward and like fell backwards right at the sticks. Um, and, and those were both huge pickups. Yeah, I mean, I was I mean, does Akeem Nix Hicks, whoever he is, does he make that much of a difference? I mean, he must make that much of a difference for the Bears in the interior. I felt the Saints just shoved them around. Or, or is this a case of Andrew... McCoy and the two guards maybe finally gelling together and, and hitting their stride. No, I mean, I think even with Hicks out, the Bears are very solid front. They're a good defense. Ali just said that in the, in the chat. The Bears have a great defense, and uh, you can't take anything away from the Saints for the way they played offensively. Um, 
And I just think so much of it, the way Latavius Murray was able to run the ball, I mean, give him a ton of credit. Really, you could just feel early in the game, he was getting five yards, four yards, just the way he was running, the holes he was seeing. He wasn't getting hit in the backfield. You know, you, you could just feel very early on in that game that the Saints are going to be able to be effective. And, um, you know, I think te- the pass protection was good for Teddy, too, and uh, I, I think really both sides of the ball. The, the the lines are why the Saints are so good. They're, it's why they're winning with Teddy Bridgewater. The Saints up front on both sides of the ball are just better than any team in the league. You know, Dave, I know you listen to the Ringer podcast, as do I. And Robert, I do. I was listening to it today on my way home. And Robert Mays made a really great point, and it was just – it made me so happy to listen to it. He, and it almost like made him – he was impressed, but he was also angry at the Saints, I feel like, because this, he, he's like, the Saints have built this roster, and they have done so in a non-analytical fashion. Mickey Loomis, they just trade <laughs> up, and he's like, everything they did was super high risk, and it, for, it to, for their roster to be this good... Every move they did had to work out. They traded two ones for Davenport. They traded up for McCoy. They, you know, they signed. They, they, they've moved money around to to create cap space. You know, they've done all these trades, and it's a high wire act. And if if even just one of the things goes wrong, they're fucked because they wouldn't have room to make other maneuvers. And he seemed almost kind of well, mad. Hold on, hold on. If hold on, hold on a second. If one thing goes wrong. Their Hall of Fame quarterback's been out for six weeks. And <laughs> That's still he, winning. I, I I don't know that I subscribe to that. Well, I mean, I guess he was talking about the 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 the, the moves in the off season, like Davenport for two ones, trading up for McCoy. Uh, well, paying Teddy Bridgewater was one of those moves too. So yeah, yeah. So um, it's just delightful that the Saints have managed to do this, and and it makes the the, the stat nerds so mad. Um, yeah, well, I mean, those guys, and anything that happens where that goes against the, you know, the, the mathematical, you know, whatever, the statistical, whatever, I don't know. Anyway, anyway I mean, they, they look at it from, you know, they look at it from an analytical standpoint. And so anything that deviates from that, it just blows their minds and they just can't comprehend it. Uh, and that's just what happens. I mean, there's, there are outliers. Shit happens sometimes, so. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. But it, I just found it. I and just also, found it helps. Like, I, I will let's let's also say that. I mean, I don't want to jinx it, and I have wood flooring, so I'll knock on it. But I mean, like, the Saints have been pretty lucky in the injury department and the health department, and all these people that you just mentioned, Davenport, McCoy, uh, obviously our offensive line. Like, everybody has been healthy, other than Drew Brees. Um, it's kind of almost they like just, they're just missing Traquan Smith, Jared Cook, Alvin Kamara, Anzalone's been out all year, Keith Kirkwood's been out all year. Well, they that, haven't been that healthy. Okay, well, well, I mean, Kirk, I mean, Kirkwood, whatever, Traquan Smith, whatever. Dude, uh, they've been forced to play little Jordan Humphrey, who hasn't caught a pass all year because <laughs> Kirkwood's out. Uh, I, whatever, it's uh, I still feel like they that's. None of the. I guess maybe it's a testament to how deep the roster is because I feel like the guys that are still playing that are taking these the, those other guys' spots, those injured players' spots, I, they're doing a hell of a job. Except for little Jordan Humphrey. <laughs> Have you, you, you said you, you know what? Saw... I haven't seen anything from Granderson since his one fluky sack. Okay, we're just gonna <laughs> we're gonna call it. We're gonna put the F word on that shit. And we're gonna call that. A... 
fluke. Yeah, but you already conceded defeat, so I think he feels like he doesn't need to do anything else. I did. No, but I mean, seriously, you don't feel like we've, I mean, I, 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 Kamara, I mean, he'll, he'll be back. Uh, and I, I just feel yeah, like... But that doesn't, that doesn't mean they, had, they didn't go on the road and win without him. No, they did. Oh, no, absolutely. But I just, I feel like for the most part, they've, I feel like they've been fairly lucky in the injury department. I don't know. I feel like I guess that's I guess that's the argument I'm making is I, I don't know that they have been. I mean I think first of all, anytime you lose your quarterback, yeah. that's a death death sentence for most teams. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, but no, I I think we're kind of disagreeing and agreeing. I, I disagree from, from the standpoint that I do think they've faced adversity. They have been missing some guys, um, but well. I, they have been fortunate. I mean, you know, they just got the suspension of PJ. Uh, they, the Onyemata was suspended the first game. So they've missed some guys, but I just think this roster is so deep and so talented. They can deal with guys missing, and they've been able to deal with the adversity. I do think – I would not say they've been more fortunate than your average NFL team. I just think they're better built to sustain and, and absorb it. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing – it's amazing how, how just – how deep they are. The only place they're not deep is receiver. And Dave, at this point, I don't know what to say about Michael Thomas. He's on pace for 142 catches and 1,800 yards. And Andrew, we joked on our preview podcast, which, by the way, you should subscribe $7 a month. $10 a month, you get a podcast every day. Uh, and Andrew's grade was reposted. It's amazing. You should do it. But we talked about it that the Bears will shut him down and he'll have like six or seven catches for like 60 yards. Uh-uh. He had nine for 130. The Bears had no fucking answer for him, Dave. I don't know what to say more about nobody him Nobody has point. an answer. He's, nobody has an answer. He's ridiculous. What does he have, like 700 and something yards uh, in seven, seven games? How many yards does he have total so far? He's like yes, 750. Yeah. yeah. He's on pace for just under 1,800 and 142 catches, which would <laughs> tie the record. I think Marvin Harris, the record's 143. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's he's ridiculous. He is Did totally see, ridiculous. I mean, that throw at the end, which was a nice throw, like, um, his last catch where Teddy escapes the pocket and he kind of goes down the field, drops it in the bucket, and he just makes that over-shoulder catch, and he's double-covered. There's two guys on him, and he makes that. I mean, that was just absurd. Mitchell Trubisky couldn't have made that throw that Teddy made yesterday if you gave him a hundred chances to do it. (laughs) Not with that fucking, not wearing that harness. Uh, I mean, Mike Thomas is definitely uh, making Teddy's job a lot easier and helping him out. And a guy like Sam Darnold could really use a Mike, Mike Thomas right now. I mean, going back to real quick to what you said about Chase Daniel, what does that say about Chase Daniel that Mitch Trubisky, who's incompetent when he's healthy, that the Bears would rather go back to him when he's compromised? <laughs> Chase Daniel, he's a legend and, at the bank. He's made over $40 that, million like, dollars how, in his career. Glad, he started like three games. We, and based on that, how glad are we that Bridgewater is – the backup for the Saints right now, and not Chase Daniel. I mean, I'm ecstatic. Here's the th- here's the thing. 
Here's the thing. I got into a rage argument about two weeks ago with somebody on Twitter. I had to literally put my phone down and walk away. They were arguing with me that Chase Daniel was just as good as Bridgewater and would be doing the exact same thing as Bridgewater. And I was like, I can't even deal with this stupidity. I have to walk away and like <laughs> not uh, not argue with you. I, if you are going to tell me that Chase Daniel, who started like three games his entire career, can do what Bridgewater is doing, I, I, I don't even know what to tell you. Like, I, 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 I can't, I, I, I can't argue with you. So, but as a good point, I mean, the thing is, Andrew, I think Teddy Bridgewater is not going to be on the Saints roster next year because I just think Breeze is going to come back. I'm convinced that me and Dave have kind of agree on this, that, that Breeze is coming back next year, and somebody's going to pay Bridgewater. It's not going to be Nick Foles' ridiculous money, but he's going to get three years, $50 million from somebody? Like, you know like Denver or Tampa or Cincinnati or Tennessee, like somebody, somebody will pay him average starter I mean, money. Look, I'm going to, I'm going to throw out a couple names at you right now. Teddy Bridgewater right now in the league is the 11th highest rated quarterback in the NFL. Number 11. He's higher than Matt Ryan. He's higher than Tom Brady. He's higher than Lamar Jackson. He's, He's higher than Phil Rivers. He's higher than Carson Wentz. He's higher than Six and OG. He's higher than Jared Goff. I mean, I know quarterback rating isn't like the, the measuring. I mean, he's completing 68% of his passes. He's got nine touchdowns and two interceptions. Um, you know, I mean, you tell me. Are you saying that's not good enough? No, you know, I'm, I'm th- thinking as as we're talking about this right now, and I'm thinking about this, you know, does this mean like with Teddy playing the way he's playing, does this mean as far as the off season is concerned, like do the Saints finally like maybe have some leverage with Drew Brees against Drew Brees in contract negotiations? I mean, you know, every time Drew Brees has a contract up, I mean, it's always been. I mean, Drew's going to take the Saints to the cleaner. He, they're going to pay him whatever they need to pay him to keep him here. Um, but I mean, now that they've got Teddy in their back pocket this offseason, can they go to Drew and say, uh, you know what, uh, you, you know, maybe we need to come down a little bit now. Otherwise, we'll just go with Teddy and we'll move on. And you don't really want to move to another city and play for another team for your last year or your last two of your career, do you? You don't really want to do that. So maybe <laughs> you should just, uh, I mean, like, I'm, I don't know. I'm just, this, that's just occurred to me right now as we're talking. I think... So, based on the way Bridgewater is played, and I, I think this game against the Bears, to me, cemented it. Uh, I think I felt this way before the Bears game, but you know, there were, in the back of my head, there was, okay, this is a good defense. What if he plays like shit in this game and the Saints get killed? Maybe, you know, then the narrative starts to be, oh, well, Bridgewater finally played a good defense on the road or whatever. But now that he's 5-0 and and he just lit up the Bears um, – I, I, I don't think the Saints can have both guys on the roster next year. Like, I, I think that's a foregone conclusion. I think Bridgewater will be starting for someone. And so, absent Breeze retiring. If Breeze says I'm done, then then we know how this all plays out, and it's pretty straightforward. Uh, the Saints pay Bridgewater in the offseason, and he's the quarterback moving forward, at least for the next couple of years. Uh, but if Breeze doesn't retire, 
they can't franchise him because that's the way his contract is structured, and he's he's a free agent, and so is Teddy Bridgewater. Now and the Saints can't can trade fr- it. They they can franchise Bridgewater, and they might because but you know then then it becomes if, if Bree says I want to play again, then I don't think the Saints really have any leverage because he's a free agent. So he. Breeze is going to get paid by someone, and, and that's the and thing. Like Breeze the, detonates the their cap too. The Super Bowl. Breeze yeah. detonates the, their the cap, Broncos, right? He detonates he their cap, and, and 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 the Broncos just won us. Their last Super Bowl was won by getting Peyton Manning. You know, so like the Broncos, they're not going to have any problems cutting Flacco and saying, "Yeah, forty-one-year-old Drew Breeze will pay you whatever you want. You come here, you help us win a Super Bowl." You know, so. I, mean, I don't know what team it's going to be, but I'm just saying there will be a team out there that'll say, "Yes, we will take you. We will pay you whatever." So I think when you're competing against that, you have no leverage. You either have to pay Breeze what he wants, within reason, or he's going to have opportunities. So if the Saints, if the Saints, uh, if the Saints decide, or if they know that they want to move forward next year with Breeze. Uh, would we be able to trade Bridgewater before the end of the season? I guess uh, you got a week. You got a week. Yeah. Oh, trade yeah. Bridgewater. No, I mean, I the thing is, they they can't franchise Bridgewater because teams would call their bluff if they tried to do that. They would be like, you know, if Breeze wanted to come back, they they, I mean, they're just they're just gonna have the Saints have a difficult decision, but it's a good thing because. Bridgewater did exactly what they brought him in to do, which is save their season if Drew Brees got hurt. He's done it to the above and beyond our wildest dreams, and that's a great thing. But it's it's a difficult it's a difficult situation they're in, and I just think there's gonna there's there, there's gonna, no way you can you, there's no way you can trade Bridgewater now, like no. before the deadline. No way, because I'm what if Brees is dumb as. Like, what if the surgery didn't work or whatever? Yeah, well, I think you would. I think you would know that by now. You know? mm, no, I don't know. I mean, you got to. He's got to uh, get out and practice. I mean, don't you, yeah, I mean, don't don't you think there's a very real possibility that like he's healed, but like he just can't do it? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, oh, I mean, right. Yeah, like either, he, I mean, once, either, once mentally, games, either mentally, either like, mentally, or or just or just. Uh, muscle memory yeah i mean i'm the way i understand it i'm not a doctor and i don't know the details but from what the way i understand it he has a splint like inside his thumb like inside his skin i think like i think he has some sort of contraption that helps support his hand and his thumb is it bionic though but is it bionic because then he might come back and be even fucking better than (laughs) well you can't you can't discount that there there is that possibility is it is it goat ligament is it a goat ligament stint (laughs) but no i mean i'm serious though like what if his mobility isn't the same and he just he can't i mean we were already talking about his arm strength like what if this diminishes his accuracy and his throwing power by five percent that would be significant for Bree. I can't a, believe we've gone down the rabbit hole again. Here's here's a horrible question, but here's a horrible question, but I'm going to ask it. How bad would Drew Brees have to play against Arizona for us to go into the bye week and be like, he needs a Let's couple go back more weeks. Let's go back to Teddy. He needs a couple more weeks. Like, how bad would he have to look? 
And by the well, way, all, Arizona, they give up 28 points a game and 270 yards passing, just so you know. Wait, first of all, I want to go on record and saying I'm, I'm telling you right now, like you guys said before, the most saintsy thing that's going to happen, Breeze is going to come back and they're going to lose that game. There is no way that Drew <laughs> comes back and the Saints win that game. But he has to play awesome too. That that's what would make it so Saintsy. That that would that's that's, that's the uh, cherry on top. But yeah. it's telling you it's going to happen. But if he plays like shit, I mean, of course they're going to lose because you know right. if your quarterback plays like shit, you lose. But uh, my thing is they're going to play Atlanta. Matt Ryan isn't going to be there. They're going to play Matt Schaub, and like everyone's saying, the Saints are going to win by 500 because Breeze is back and. Matt Ryan's out. The Falcons are terrible. And Breeze is going to throw for 500 yards and six touchdowns. And they're going to lose. I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I'm circling. My job is going to cook this defense who has stopped everyone. No one's been able to do anything on this, on this defense. And Matt Schaub holds the keys, man. It's it's so saintsy, it's unbelievable. I the game that I fear the most, Andrew, is the Thanksgiving game because I feel like Atlanta will be like one and ten at that point, one and eleven, and that'll be all they have to fucking play for on national TV, and that'll be the moment. Like the Saints, the Saints will have won ten in a row, and Atlanta will have lost nine in a row, or whatever, and Atlanta will beat them and end up two and fourteen. Like that's the that's the game I fear the most. Um, but by the way, I want to go back. I want to go back to the game real quick, though, because uh, people in the Saints are, uh, in the chat room are talking about this, and it's making me think about it. What was crazy about this game is that the the Bears fans and like how much they were booing their team. They knew that it was a blowout long before the score said it, and long yes. before we knew. Before we knew it, you know, and like their players on the sideline, they were down like one or two scores. It was like a two or a nine point game. It got to and nineteen like to ten. And Bears. It got to nineteen to ten, and Bears Twitter lost their fucking minds. They were like, "It's and, done." And the players on the sideline, yeah. they looked like they had all just had their soul sucked out of them. <laughs> that's when you but, was, but that's what that, that's what horrible quarterback play does thing. to you it's like horrible quarterback play is like football cancer you know that's what it is it just it just ruins everything and, and it's a slow painful death even if you have a good defense it was amazing <laughs> so I lost my I, lost, I was going to make a Ryan Pace joke but I lost my train of thought um, and Latavius Murray, of all people, just bled the life out of him. <laughs> Death by a, by a thousand Latavius Murray paper cuts. Um, oh, I, that's what I was going to do. Dave, tell the people where they can gamble and bet money against Rutgers and win, <laughs> win, win, fucking win. Tell the people how to do it, Dave. <laughs> By the way, that actually reminds me that my buddy Patrick texted me this week and he took your advice and he bet on Rutgers and UConn. Uh, so he won on the Rutgers. Not 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 UConn, though. No, he lost on the UConn. Uh, but anyway, I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is ten times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I've got a gut feeling about a matchup and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because... They're my team. Regardless, whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. So if you're going to bet this season, 
do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. And between football season, the Major League Baseball playoffs, the World Series, and the start of the NBA and the NHL seasons, it's October. All the sports are going on. It's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action. So use promo code SHARE to activate the offer. I'm sorry. If you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. And to activate that offer, use promo code SHARE. That's promo code SHARE to double your cash. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Oh, and I, by the way, it's in the link on the podcast. And I did a, I did a, a, a mini pod crossover podcast with the Bird Calls people. Uh, go to the link, register... You get a free T-shirt. Dave is going to print up T-shirts for you guys. Uh, and we're going to give my and, – and here's the thing. We're going to set up a table and – My wife. We'll personally hand you your T-shirt. But you have to RSVP at the link. So RSVP, put in your name, your shirt size, boom, you're golden. You get a free T-shirt on us if you show up to the live show. Tracy's December 14th. It's going to be freaking amazing i cannot just the t- note just just the note my mom says she doesn't want a shirt she doesn't need a shirt no she doesn't need well the thing is she can take the shirt and then wrap up your inheritance and hand it back to me <laughs> i want miss cariello i want dave's inheritance i want it in small dollar bills dollar bills i need it i need it in fives and twos because two dollar bills are gold at the strip club so I need that just just fives and twos. That's what I want. But, the, so, but she gets to be on Drunk Saints history, though, right? Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Oh, she has to be drunk, though. And here's the thing. And she has to know something about Saints history. Eh, it doesn't matter. I just, I just want, I just want, I just want, I just want, it could be drunk Dave history. She yes, I just want embarrassing stories from Dave's childhood. That's all I want. <laughs> I picked the wrong week. Quit sniffing blue. Um, but the, the the fun thing about the podcast now is yes we're all depressed about um, Zion. And yeah, Zion's going to be out six to eight weeks, but he'll be coming back right around. When we have the live podcast, so the Pelican fans will be like, it's going to be amazing. They, they're playing the Colts that Monday, so it's just going to be it's just going to be great. We can't we can't tell you. Just go there and sign up. Apparently, it's buff, apparently it's buffering again. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. That, um, that voicemail know, audio clip would be even funnier if the Pels actually didn't draft Zion with the first round pick. They drafted somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> and then we just had that clip. Well, it's and starting to feel like maybe they should it. have drafted someone else. <laughs> yeah. Um, I worry about no, Zion because he waddles you, the when thing he walks. About the, Pel- the thing about Pel- the Pelicans is that I am – like the thing I hated so much about old Saints fans where they were negative all the time, uh, I feel like I'm that with the Pelicans. Like if for some reason I have become everything I despise about sports fans when it comes to the Pelicans. I mean, we're you're we're kind of like I feel with the Pelicans, I'm like I'm I'm late stage Hazlitt, where I just I 
expect it to go wrong. It goes wrong. And then I feel bad that it went wrong and I expected it to go wrong. And I blame myself for being negative and kind of having it happen. That's where I am with the Pelicans. And I don't want to be that way, but I can't help myself. Um, So, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't even feel that I'm just. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's that's like the opposite of my Saints fandom. I just can't shake it. Like they're snake bitten, man. Damn. And I'm at the point. I'm kind of like the Cleveland Browns. Like, don't overhype this for me. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't tell me to trust the process. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to get any excited until I see it on the court. <laughs> so, the the Saints. The the thing that's made 2019 so enjoyable is that the saints winning with Teddy Bridgewater is just raises to another level. But Dave, the Falcons every <laughs> week, I think they can't go any lower and get any more enjoyable. And they just keep doing it. Just to make it 28 to three. Bryant knocks it through. Arthur Blank loving it up by 25. And yeah, here's I mean, the thing: if, if the if the Dolphins weren't just so fucking terrible and and throwing every game, then the Falcons might be actually the worst team in the league. I mean, the ba- Falcons were of all the bad teams yesterday. The Falcons were one of the least competitive ones. And here's the thing that was the best: is somebody tweeted out a screenshot of it. It was the implosion of the Hard Rock Hotel. They split screen it. Half of it was the implosion yeah. of the Hard Rock. The other half was the Atlanta Falcons game, That's and they what said, I was "Look." Watching. Look, it's two implosions at once. Uh, too soon. Too soon now. Hey, it's just it's all in fun. Uh, but here's here's the thing, man. They lost Matt Ryan. They're gonna play like hundred year old Matt Schaub. Um, Andrew, I think there's a really good chance that the Saints can put the sword to Dan Quinn if they can hammer them at home in two weeks, or I guess three weeks, there's a good chance that the Saints will destroy them on Sunday and they will fire Dan Quinn. If the Saints could pull that off, where would it rank in your enjoyable Saints moments? That the Saints got an Atlanta Falcon coach fucking fired. Where would it rank? Because Bobby Petrino, he, he left after they played the Saints on the Monday night, but they didn't fire him. He just fled to Arkansas, so that doesn't count. But if the Saints could get Dan Quinn fired, where would it rank? I think, it, it, I, for me, it would be pretty high. Top five. Top, Top five regular season moment? Yeah, I think, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we're, we're talking about the coach that got the Falcons to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, I mean, getting him canned, I mean, I, I get that, like, a lot of Saints fans want him to stay uh, based on the way things are going right now, but, I mean, he, he's probably the best coach they've ever had. Yeah. And, of course, the Falcons would be stupid enough to fire him after the Saints beat them and thus giving us ammunition and ability to trash talk when they could just like wait like one more week until they play somebody else and then fire them like but they're so stupid that they would do that they would give us that opportunity they would have to i mean for him to get fired after the saints it would have to be it would have to be 
Andrew, it'd have to be forty-five to three. It have to be. It ha. It has to be total humiliation, right? It can't it just be it, lost. It doesn't. It, it doesn't matter. You. You just with this rivalry between the Saints and the Falcons, you don't do that. You don't fire your coach after the Saints kick your ass. You just you suck it up and you go another week and then you fire him <laughs> after another team. You don't let Saints fans say we fucked you so bad you had to fire your fucking coach. Yeah, not you gonna work here anymore anyway. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mr. Mike. Don't the Saints. The Saints need to try to find a way to win this game, twenty-eight to three. <laughs> okay, you fire him if you do that. <laughs> that I mean, if, if the Saints won twenty-eight to three and they fired Dan Quinn on Monday, they got to start punting. If the, if that happens, and the Saints win twenty-eight to three, and that they fire Dan Quinn, uh, I will do this show without a shirt, and I will just hand out T-shirts to everyone in the chat room. It'll be, it'll be glorious. Listen, that, 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 would be, that would be the greatest regular season moment in Saints history. I don't care. Whatever. It, would, it would top Gleason in 2006, as far as I'm concerned, and that's, that would be hard to do. So, um, hey, before we get to – Buddy, you would be real disappointed if you're not offering an order to us, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I well I I I would wear one I could wear one of those placards like people that that stand on the corner to like advertise like car washes or different stores I could wear one of those placards and instead of advertising somebody gets to just say twenty eight to three on it. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, let's see um, the because we got a lot of good questions. Um, did anyone, Andrew? Did anyone think someone wearing fifty six would ever be as good as Pat Swilling, or dare I say, even better? Uh, where is Demario Davis in the pantheon of Saints linebackers? That's from Still oh. Living the Nightmare. Well, it's funny uh, that came up because uh, actually Cam Jordan just passed Pat Swilling uh, for third most sacks in yep. team history this past week, which is unbelievable, unbelievable to think about. Like the. I just remember watching Pat Swilling as a kid, and that dude was an automatic sack half the time. And um, for Jordan to officially have more sacks as a Saint than Swilling is an unbelievable accomplishment. And uh, I didn't know that. yeah, yeah. So anyway, that, that's a testament to Jordan and the, his consistency and him being with the Saints that long and and uh, getting double digit sacks every year. That's another guy that. I didn't necessarily think would have this kind of career, and he, he has. He's he's been awesome. So, uh, kudos to him. But yeah, as far as Davis is concerned, I, I still put him behind Vilma. Uh, I still put him behind the Dome Patrol. So I, he's not there yet. I mean, let's remember that this is only the second half of the second season with the Saints. Um, but we've really seen no bad stretches. Uh, he he is awesome every week. Uh, his level of play is high. Uh, we talked about maybe a regression a little bit this year because of his age, and we weren't sure what to expect. I mean, he, he's as good as he was last year, if not better. Um, no he, he's, we, we've talked about this, about how he's kind of become the face of the franchise a little bit with Drew out. Um, so, man, I, I don't know that I'm ready to say he was better than Pat Sewell. I mean, Pat Sewell was defensive player of the year at one point. I mean, um, eight, but, from, 80, um, from 86 to 92 – Pat Swilling was fucking amazing. I think he had three yeah. double-digit sack years, defensive player of the year. I mean, 
And totally. the thing is, too, yeah. Pat's willing. The Saints traded him off kind of at his peak. You know, they traded him off and, and got and, – and it would ended up being Willie Rofe was who they got for him. Um, I mean, I, I would say this is definitely the – he's the best linebacker they've had since 2009. Since yeah. Dillman 2009, um, but to me, he's, he's the best linebacker they've had in a decade. This is a question from Patrick. If you could – if you really could make a Teddy Breeze – and you could take one attribute from each, what would it be? Uh, thanks, Patrick, for listening to the uh, Victory Monday podcast with me and Dave, because that's a reference to me merging <laughs> Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater into one person and creating Teddy Brees. Uh, but if we did have, if we did, we, we, if we could do a Madden, Andrew, and create Teddy Brees, what, what attributes would you take from both to make the perfect quarterback? Uh, I mean, I would definitely take Bridgewater's height and scrambling ability over Breeze, I think. Um, that's would you take probably about who would you, whose arm would you take? Ooh. Oh, that that's tough because Breeze. I mean, am I allowed to take Teddy's arm, but and Breeze's base and Breeze's mechanics? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. If you yeah. could combine that somehow, yeah. No, no, this is like Madden's though. Like you can take Breeze's accuracy with Teddy's like arm strength. That's what I would do. Yeah. I mean, that would be a hell of a quarterback. You, you, that, that would be like uh, almost Aaron Rodgers esque. But I think Breeze is better mentally than Rodgers, uh, and does makes puts the ball at risk less um so patrick thanks for listening uh i'm gonna have to pull that clip of me creating teddy breeze and use it as an i open. would wait i would also take teddy's um post game locker room dancing ability i would i would play, oh, yeah. i would take that over good Drew. call good, good call. call yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's important um this is uh i would definitely i would definitely take breeze's wife over whatever Teddy is seeing or dating. This is a good question, Andrew. I, mean, I would, I would take, I would take only two of Drew's kids, though. I don't need any more than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I'm good with two, also. Oh, and we need Teddy's children. Teddy, Teddy's uh, shirt that it says Teddy Bear. Teddy, or what is it? Teddy, two, it's something. Two glove bear. He's got like a children's book. Do we know anything about Teddy's private life? Is he married? Does he have kids? I don't think he is. I know he rides He's a bike. single. He's single. He rides a bike to and from the home games, apparently. So and, he uh, really is about that bike life. Yeah. He's... If any of you in New Orleans, Shop I know you style. disrespect bikers. If any of you injure Teddy when he's riding home, shame on you. Don't do it. Uh, bigger long-term need, Andrew. This bigger trade need for this season, wide receiver, cornerback, or offensive line depth? Yeah, cornerback is the sneaky need because you got Eli Apple in a contract year, PJ Williams in a contract year, Patrick Robinson is as good as gone. So you know, I think everyone's initial thinking is that's got to be a receiver, and I think it's fair to say that uh, this offense needs a receiver, especially with Ted Ginn. I mean, I don't know if Ginn's going to be back next year. So receiver is a need big time, um, but – it's interesting that corner was listed on that because when you look at the guys that are potentially leaving in contract years, what the Saints do there opposite Lattimore 
is going to be pretty important this offseason. I will say this. It's, 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 it's funny to me that when Ted Ginn plays with Drew Brees, he's not normal Ted Ginn. But when Ted Ginn plays with any other quarterback, he reverts back to the full Ted Ginn experience where <laughs> catches a bomb, drops two easy ones. It doesn't matter if it's Cam Newton, if it's Bridgewater, if it's whoever. But when he plays with Breeze, that doesn't happen. I don't know why that is, but Breeze it was puts the a magical spin on the it ball. It does. I don't know, yeah, but it's, 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 the, it's the rotation of the ball, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, but we got the full Ted Ginn experience yesterday. Caught a bomb. Breeze throws a catchable ball, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is from Evan. If Andrew and or Dave. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Speaking of uh, our uh, little Jordan Humphrey uh, uh, bashing and our Austin Carr bashing. Uh, I want to point out that Dwayne Washington and Zach Zenner uh, both <laughs> both now have receptions this season. Austin Carr and Little Jordan Humphrey still do not. I don't even know who Zach who. Zach Zenner. I don't even know who the hell that is. They yeah, signed him on Wednesday. Oh my Last God! Week. Jesus. Yeah, they Christ. signed him on Wednesday. We we joked on Wednesday when he was signed. I said, isn't that going to be something if he catches a pass before Austin Carr and Lil Jordan Humphrey? And then it happened. I believe oh, you said when, not if. But yeah, I have to, I have to check I the tape. did say that. <laughs> Evan wants to know, could, you, could any of us name every punt block of the Sean Payton era without Googling it beforehand? The only ones I can remember are Pierre Thomas, Marty, right? Marty's got a couple. Yeah, Thomas. Pierre Thomas, Gleason, Maudie's got a couple, JT yep. Gray, obviously, Martez Wilson. No, Martez Wilson. Ooh, I didn't it was in two thousand it was in two thousand twelve. I don't remember if Martez Wilson blocked it, but he scored a touchdown on it. You, um, you don't forget Zach Lyon. Zach, Zach Lyon, yeah. Um those are the only ones hey, I remember. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Oh, Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill last has year. two. He has two. Yeah. He, he takes Jason Hill had one against uh, Tampa last year, but then remember the first time he played special teams, he blocked the punt. Didn't they block? They blocked the punt in that San Francisco playoff game too. I want to say, but I yeah. For as bad I, as special teams have been in the in the Sean Payton era, absolutely. Besides Morstead, overall, like I would say, the special teams have been pretty bad in the Sean Payton era. They have blocked a lot of punts. I can't believe the Saints special team. They they managed to be a total disaster yesterday and still block two punts. Like, how is that? Even, if you said they blocked two punts, you'd be like, that's a great day for special teams. But nope, they were dumpster fire. Um, so, uh, let's see. Can we officially declare Sean Payton's fuck you tour is real? And how bad do y'all think the Saints are going to punish the division rivals? I mean... I think t- Atlanta. Look, we've talked about them. They're bad, but but uh, Dave, I think Carolina's good. Like I know they haven't played anybody, but their defensive. They went into Tech. They went into Houston and shut the Texans down. Their de- their defensive front is really good. Um, McCaffrey may die because they give him the ball thirty five times a week, but when they get Cam Newton back, they're gonna be they're gonna be good, right? They're gonna be a nine ten win team, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, they're pretty good. I don't, I mean, they've been playing well with Kyle Allen. Uh, they're kind of in the same situation as, as us a little bit. Maybe, maybe they don't want to bring Cam Newton back. Uh, but 
yeah, they're playing. Uh, they're playing well. They're definitely the only team in our division that we need to be afraid of. We've already beaten Tampa Bay once, and we only play them one more time. The Falcons. That should be uh, two wins right there. So, uh, you know, twelve and twelve and four, thirteen and three. I mean, uh, in play, in play for sure. Andrew, the thing is that worries me is you have San Francisco undefeated, and you have Green Bay at six and one. Also, where do the Saints have to get to get a bye? Are they going to have to get to to, to thirteen and three? You think to get a bye? I don't know if the Packers can sustain this. Um, And and you know the Forty Niners. I mean, they still have the Rams in Seattle um, twice. yeah, they, and and the Cardinals are coming around a little bit, so I don't know that the 49ers they're gonna have some tough games. So, yeah, thirteen and three, I think for sure. I mean, twelve and four. If we're just talking about a buy, and I think thirteen and three is probably what they're gonna need to get to for home field. But twelve and four probably gets them a buy. I still think. Yeah, they need fourteen and two, so I don't have to compliment Les East. That's what they need. All right, so let's get to the game today dave uh it was off the board on the board i found it uh saints are favored by nine and a half over the surging arizona cardinals i don't like that at all that is a lot of points who you got i would would, well if i was if i was betting on mybookie.ag i'd probably put my money on the cardinals if i'm being honest with you Um, yeah the uh, cardinals what they've won three in a row now yeah, they're fun. They're, I like yeah. to watch. Oh. Kyler Murray's fun. Like I know you. You since the beginning of the season, you've been all about Kyler Murray. Are you coming in for this game? Did you want to come in for this game? Just so I you did. Could see I Kyler can't. But I did. Yeah. I I can't come in. But he's just he's he's tiny and he runs around and he's fun. I don't know if King. Well, Bear- you know what the Saints players think about tiny little guys, uh, don't you? <laughs> we don't yeah. respect them. We don't respect them. Are they are they going to pat Kyler Murray on the head like they did to Rico and? Oh my God! <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought out some lucky charms on the sideline for this game. Look, I, I just want to point out real quick too for you Saints fans that hate Teddy Bridgewater, he beat the Giants last week by throwing for 104 yards. He was 14 of 21 for 104 yards in a win. He game managed the shit out of that game. So if you hate that style of play, don't. Do not. I don't want to see hear anyone on Twitter say anything about Kyler Murray being awesome. If you dog Teddy Bridgewater, I don't want to see it. <laughs> True. Anyway, I'm with. Uh, I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is a good coach, but oh, well, so you go went, ahead. You went, went there. Anyway, uh, Cardinals. You know they've got a lot of momentum. They're doing well. Uh, David Johnson. We don't know whether he's going to play or not. Cliff King. Kling, Cliff Kingsbury is also, he's really upset for your fantasy football team. He's sorry that he can't give you a better answer on David Johnson because uh, he, he gets it. He, was a, he used to own a fantasy football team, and he understands that you're frustrated about David Johnson, but we don't know what's going to happen with David Johnson. Um, Saints are back home. Uh, I, you know, nine points. I don't know about that, but Saints definitely are going to win. I'm going to say... Uh, I'm going to say Saints 27, Cardinals 17. And player of the game is going to be Sheldon Rankins. 
Ooh, interesting choice. Andrew. Yeah, that is an interesting choice, especially since he's kind of come back down to life a little bit after that sack. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, mean, I got to pick against the Saints again. It's five in a row, man. I, I keep, five times in a row I've picked against them, and it's worked every time. So I got to stick with what's working. I, I, the, the Cardinals are going to come in New Orleans and beat the Saints 24 to 23, we'll say. Um, you know, uh, Sean Payton – had an interesting comment in the offseason, uh, you know, when they were asked about uh, when he was asked about African-American coaches and why none of them had gotten jobs. And he was a big fad this offseason uh, to try to find the next Sean McVay. And so a lot of teams went on this run where they were hiring a lot of young coaches that the floor. Yeah, that, that were good offensive coordinators, had maybe some offensive success, but uh, didn't really show the experience or uh, the ability to run a football team maybe. And so a lot of guys got jobs that were kind of surprising because everyone wants the next McVay and Sean Payton really took offense to that. Um, and he, he mentioned this off season that, Hey, um, that it's ridiculous that some of these guys are getting hired. Uh, they're not prepared. They're not qualified. You know, Jim McVay is a needle in a haystack. He's super unique and you, you, you can't go, copying the Rams and expect success just because they did it with, with McVay. Um, and he was particularly really upset about the lack of opportunities for African-American coaches because he felt like there was a lot of guys that were ready that have been waiting a long time that are super qualified, would have been successful if given the chance and were getting passed up. Um, and so he said, and, but, and he finished that comment with, but it'll be to our benefit and I look forward to coaching against those teams. Um, so it was kind of a shot across the bow a little bit of just like, hey, he's going to pile drive. Are you saying he's going to pile yeah. drive Kingsbury? Well, I mean, he definitely. It was definitely shots fired. I look forward to playing guys like former Saints Chris quarterback Kingsbury because yeah, Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, because I'm going to run circles around you from a coaching standpoint, and so I, I found those comments very interesting. And he's going to have to put his money where his mouth is um, because. That's eh, poster board material a little bit for Kingsbury. I think that'll motivate him going up against I'm, Peyton. I'm going to tell you how this game's going to go. It is going to be. It is going to be Teddy Bridgewater throwing five touchdowns, 350 yards, and just. I got to barbecue your ass in my lessons. Just lighting the Cardinals, burning them to the ground. The Teddy Bridgewater experience is going to end on the highest of high notes. He's going to get the Saints to 7-1. and one. We're going to go into Dubai feeling amazing, and that's how this is going to go. Maybe Man, if that happens, do you second-guess going to Drew? Yes, I was just about to say that. If that happens, if that happens, look, I'm going to get shit on again for this because I've said this before. But I mean, if that fucking happens, it's the same reason, you, you know, if you don't take a pitcher out when he's throwing a no hitter, right? You, you just keep going. Like, I, I'm not just, I believe this. I'm not saying Teddy's a better quarterback than Drew Brees, but you just, you go with the hot hand. If he's winning, you winning. You just keep 
going with it. You know, like I said, it's just like if a pitcher is going for a no hitter, you don't just take him out, or, or if or even you don't even you don't even say the word no hitter. If you're so super, <laughs> if, if you're the person who's who's so superstitious, you don't even believe in saying the word no hitter when a pitcher is working on a no hitter then you should definitely be superstitious about pulling a quarterback who is fucking six and oh uh, uh, while he's on a six and oh run well I'm it's funny kid, though the panthers have the same issue like kyle allen hasn't lost that's right that's what i was talking about before but, this, but, this, but this, cam newton is not like crazy this, this doesn't have to do with talent. This doesn't have to do with the talent of any of the four quarterbacks that we're talking about. It just has to do with – honestly, Mojo. it has to do with – yeah, voodoo. Whatever the fuck you want to call it, you just don't fucking do it, and you don't fuck with it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know, man. There's some – I think if Bridgewater just has another like pretty decent game – then I feel fine about going back to Breeze, actually. But if, if what you described, Ralph, happens, right, four he really throws for a 350 and five, four or five scores, then I don't know, man. All of a sudden, I'm like, well, there's 6-0 and with Teddy, and I don't know exactly how Drew looks <laughs> with the stump thing. And the thing is, like, the Panthers right now, it's a little different because Cam Newton could play right now. And they're, they're choosing to, quote-unquote, keep him under rehab, um, not because he can't play, but because they don't feel like they have to play him right now because they're getting such good play out of their backup. And so it's a little different in the sense that Breeze, really until this week, maybe, he really couldn't play, right? So we were forced to play Bridgewater. We didn't have that conundrum. Um, yeah. But we're, we're about to get into that zone that Carolina's in now where are we going to have to start telling the media that Breeze is, quote-unquote, not quite ready yet? Yeah. I think I think Bridgewater's going to play. They just they there's no reason to rush Breeze back. They if they well, were no, like we 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 agree on that. But if he lights up the Cardinals, now we're talking about the Atlanta game. Yeah. Well, are you are you are, you, like... are you go are you making the switch? If there's if if what you happen, if what you say happens happens on Sunday, Ralph, and they're sick, they're seven and one. 6-0 and with Bridgewater off the heels of his best game, lighting up the Cardinals. Are, are you switching to Breeze after the bye? Yes, because you can switch to Breeze, and I think I think I could throw for 250 yards against Atlanta at this point with my one good arm and my one good leg. Like, their defense is atrocious. It's the perfect time to switch back because you know Breeze is going to light them up. This does feel a little... Well, it's not like Drew Bledsoe and Tom Brady because you know Bledsoe never really had the. I don't know, has, has there ever been an example of this? Like a Hall of Fame quarterback that got injured, ne- never really did bad before his injury, but then the backup was playing too good to switch back. Is there ever? Has this ever happened in NFL history? No, the only the only. I kind of think of it as the 72 Dolphins. Like, Bob Greasy broke his leg, and they played Earl Morrow, and they kept on winning, and he played all the way through. And then at halftime of the AFC Championship game, they were in Pittsburgh, and they were losing, and Don Shula switched back to Greasy, and they won. And Yeah. I mean, I guess the Giants won a Super Bowl. Jeff Hostetler and Phil, when Phil Sims was injured. But they, they didn't, back they didn't have to worry about going back because Phil Sim broke his leg. They didn't have to make the yeah. – they, they yeah, I, mean, I mean, there was Wentz and Foles, but yeah, they went back. To, but I'm saying like the Giants and 
And the Eagles both went back to the original guy after yeah. the season. So, like, Sims and, and Wentz both got their jobs back. That's true. I just think they're – like, Breeze is getting his job back. Uh, but I just think I just think Teddy's going to light – Arizona's – they're not a bottom four or five team like I thought they were three weeks ago. But they're still bottom six or seven. And Teddy Bridgewater's going to light them fucking up. They, I, I know, like, I know they have Patrick Peterson or whatever, but it doesn't matter. And they're, they're, the thing is, their secondary, their their receivers are garbage. Besides Larry Fitzgerald, and he's a hundred years old. So I just think the Saints are gonna, I think the Saints are gonna. Smoke well, corner them. cornerback is gonna be a thing to watch uh, because you know Eli Apple is probably out. PJ Williams is definitely out. Uh, Patrick Robinson also pulled his hammy in that game, so he might be out. Um, so all of a sudden, you're probably looking at Ken Crawley getting some playing time. Uh, you're probably looking at Gardner Johnson. He's probably going to stay at nickel because he's the guy that can cover the slot. And what I think the Saints are going to do is they're probably going to put Lattimore and, and Crawley on the outside. So um, yeah, that's going to be an interesting dynamic. Yeah, I mean it'll 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 be interesting. And also too, next week is the trade deadline. And before we get out of here. You want to sign up for the daily podcast because when the Saints do whatever Loomis is going to do and you know he's going to do some fucking something at the deadline, we are going to be the first podcast that's going to have reaction. I guarantee of that. So you want to be having access to the daily podcast. So do it. So this wraps up the show tonight. Uh, Kevin was MIA. Guys, I'm going to work on the audio. It's got to be something with... Uh, either OSB or the program that I run for the live stream or my computer. Uh, but we'll try to get it straightened out for next week. But thanks for everybody for hanging with us in the live stream. RSVP at the link for the podcast for Tracy's December 14th. Do it and get your free shirt, free t-shirt from my wife. So for Dave, for Andrew. Buffer. We can't buffer when we're live. Yeah. <laughs> so for Dave, for Andrew, I'm Ralph. Uh, until next week, the bar is closed. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broom 
Gate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broom Gate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.